Section 8 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 23, April 6, 1880. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 23, April 6, 1880. Model Yacht Building A Sloop Yacht the boat here described is a model of a sloop yacht of about fifty tons measurement forty-four feet long and fifteen feet beam the model on a scale of half an inch to the foot being consequently twenty-two inches long on the water line and seven and a half inches wide the wood should be a block of clear dry pine twenty-five inches long seven and a half inches wide and five inches thick the sides being first plain square then on one of the five-inch sides lines are drawn two inches apart across the block the water line w l figure two is drawn two inches and thirteen sixteenths from the top at the end selected for the bow and two inches and five sixteenths at the stern the stern post s t is laid off and the outer line of the stern t f and finally the curved lines a f and a v are drawn completing what is called the shear plan in copying from the drawings it must be kept in mind that they are exactly one-fourth the full size so that any distance taken from them with the dividers must be laid off four times on the block to copy the curved lines their distance from some line s a b or w l is measured on each of the two-inch lines by which a number of points on the curve are found and a line drawn as nearly as possible through all of them by means of a flexible ruler held in place by pins the block must now be cut away to the outline a f t s v after which lines two inches apart are drawn on the top the line a b drawn entirely around the block in the center of the top bottom and ends and figure one drawn on top both halves being of course the same the block is next cut to the line a b c d figure one the widest part being not on deck but along the line c d as there is some tumble home from b to the stern the outline of the deck is a b e f the stern being a segment of a circle of five inches radius a piece of thin board must be cut of the shape of figure five which is half size which is the widest part of the boat and is fourteen inches from the bow and by using it for a guide both sides may be cut out exactly alike the stem piece half an inch thick and the stern post five sixteenths of an inch are sawed out and tacked in place temporarily and a wooden keel of the shape shown in figure four marked lead keel half an inch thick tapering to five sixteenths where it joins the stern post is fitted in between them the shaping of the hull may now be completed using a gouge spoke shape and rasp keeping the midship section for a guide and running the curved surfaces smoothly and evenly into the sides of the keel stern and stem the latter tapering to five sixteenths of an inch forward the hole for the rudder stock is next poured one-fourth of an inch in diameter and burned out with a moderately hot iron to five sixteenths of an inch then should the stock swell when wet it will not stick in the charred wood but will still turn freely the keel stem and stern are removed to avoid injury to them and the line l m n o p figure one is drawn after which the wood inside is cut away with a large gouge or carving tool until it is one-fourth of an inch thick care being taken to have it all an even thickness 
and not to cut through at any point and also to leave the wood solid around the rudder hole after the hollowing out is completed a rabbit one-eighth of an inch wide and deep is cut to receive the deck its outer line being ghik figure one then a light deck beam is set in amidships the mast step put in and the inside of the hull and the bottom of the deck painted the deck is of pine one-eighth of an inch thick and after being cut out should have lines scratched in with the compasses three-eighths of an inch from each edge to represent the waterways and parallel lines one-fourth of an inch apart scratched in to represent the joints of the deck plank now the deck is laid and tacked down and the joints painted and caulked if needed the stem and stern post replaced permanently and the bowsprit screwed to the deck and stem the length of the bowsprit is eight and a half inches from the point a figure four to the outer end three sixteenths of an inch in diameter and three inches from a to the inner end where it is framed into the bits the inner end being half an inch square a piece x figure four is next fitted on deck at the stern forming the after portion of the bulwarks which on the sides are one-eighth of an inch thick flaring out at the bow where they are nailed to the bowsprit and tumbling in aft where they are nailed to the piece x a strip one-eighth of an inch thick shown in figure five being first tacked to the deck and the bulwarks nailed against it small brads should be used in nailing the rail is of walnut or mahogany one-fourth by three thirty-seconds of an inch nailed on top of the bulwarks and running out on the bowsprit to a point figure three for a sailing model a leaden keel of about two pounds is needed a mold being made in plaster of paris from the wooden pattern and the melted lead poured in after which it is smoothed with a plane it is put on temporarily and the boat when rigged put in the water then enough may be planed off to make her trim properly and the keel put on permanently the mast is twenty-one inches from deck where it is half an inch in diameter to cap where it is a quarter of an inch square and the top mast is eleven inches long projecting eight inches above the lower mast the boom is twenty-two inches long fitted to the mast by wire staples and the gaff fourteen inches long has two jaws embracing the mast all spars are of yellow pine the rigging is of fishing line and the blocks five sixteenths of an inch long and the dead eyes one-fourth of an inch in diameter are cut out of any hard wood the lower one of each pair of dead eyes has a wire looped around it the other end being turned up and driven into the boat's side as in figure five the upper end of each shroud has a loop spliced in which goes over the masthead and a dead eye spliced into the lower end the forestay has a loop at the top and runs through the bowsprit forming a bobstay davits are placed on each bow for the anchor and two on each side for the boats and a capstan stands just forward of the mast the skylights and companionway are of mahogany and with the decks spars and rail are varnished the rest of the hall being painted black white or green and that portion below the waterline being varnished and dusted over with bronze powder and when perfectly dry varnished again giving the appearance of metal sheathing the sails are of muslin or lawn and are laced to the boom and gaff and to curtain rings on the mast or for the jibs the common eye used for dresses makes a capital jib hank and will slip readily up and down the forestay the drawings show all the remaining details and by following them carefully a handsome and able boat may be built the white rabbits and the tar baby by agnes carr ten little white rabbits once lived on the edge of a wood in a snug little hole at the foot of a tall tree 
and they were as happy as ten rabbits could be for every day a good little girl who lived just back of the wood brought them their breakfast of white rolls and brown gingerbread and nearby there was a beautiful stream of clear sweet water where they went to drink and which sang a merry tune to them as it went rippling along but one morning when the little rabbits went for their water they found the brook full of sticks and stones and the water so muddy they could not drink it at all who has done this asked frisky the oldest and wisest of the rabbits it was old reynard the fox said the brook and i am so choked up i cannot sing so the little rabbit set to work to clear away the dirt and rubbish and did it so well that before long the brook began its gay song again and the water was clear enough for them to drink next day however the stream was filled up again and they had all the work to do over until their little paws ached so when on the third morning they found the water as muddy as ever they all sat down on the bank and cried at last frisky jumped up and said it is no use to cry over muddy water but we must do something to punish this old rascal of a fox and make him leave our brook alone but what can we do asked his brothers and sisters come with me and i will show you so the little rabbits followed frisky to a pile of tar and pitch that some men had left and out of it they made a black tar baby which they set up on a rock close by the edge of the brook with a piece of gingerbread in its mouth and when night came and the moon shone bright they all hid behind a tree to see what would happen pretty soon the old fox smelled the gingerbread and spied the baby on the rock then he came up close and said little girl little girl give me a piece of your gingerbread or i'll box your ears the baby did not answer so the old fox climbed up on the rock and boxed her on the ear and his paw stuck so fast he could not pull it away again then he said little girl little girl give me a piece of your gingerbread or i'll box you on the other ear the baby did not say a word so he boxed her on the other ear and his other paw stuck fast then he said little girl little girl give me a piece of your gingerbread or i'll bite off your nose still the baby would not answer so the fox bit at her nose and his teeth stuck tight in the pitch and he was almost choked with the tar the little rabbits then all came out and danced around the wicked old fox saying now you can't choke the pretty brook for your own mouth is choked with tar at last frisky asked now what shall we do with him leave him to starve said one set fire to his tail said another and they all proposed something except snowflake the youngest and prettiest of the family who said nothing until frisky turned to her and asked and what would you do i should let him go replied snowflake if he would promise not to trouble the water again snowflake is right said frisky he has been punished enough we will let him go so they first loosened his mouth and rubbed his teeth with butter to take off the tar and when he had said three times hope my tail may drop off if i ever hurt you or the brook again they set his paws free and he scampered off and hid himself in his den in the wood and the little rabbits lived happily for ever after end of section eight